For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And good morning, New Jersey. It is Thursday, October the 15th. Welcome. It's the Jim Gerhardt Podcast. I'm Bob Williams, along with Jim Gerhardt. Good morning, Jim. Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, this is, uh, what are we, uh, uh, counting down 20 days before Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So uh, now you you had uh, an observation that you wanted to make. So uh, with all that's going on, both candidates and things like that, I've just been watching a lot of television like a lot of people have. And I just uh, come to realize that uh, when Joe Biden speaks, he reminds me a lot of the old actor Edward G. Robinson. Really? Like, yeah, see, yeah, we're going to we're going to stack. the court. See, no, we're not going to stack the court. See, no, no. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, yeah, it's all Trump's fault. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and stop talking about my son. See, didn't do anything wrong. I didn't talk to anybody. See, yeah, you got nothing on me. See, I'm the frog. See, yeah, I'm not the frog. See, yeah, yeah. Talk to the hand. See, yeah. What was that? Uh, fearless. Uh, oh, gosh. Courageous uh, Cat Minutes, Co- Courageous Cat Minute Mouse, Courageous the flaw. Cat, yeah, for the, I think people remember that or watch oh, it. Courageous yeah. Cat, yeah. Say, uh, yeah, with, oh. the fraud, with, the, with the cigar out of his mouth, say, yeah, yeah. Edward so, G. Robinson. Yeah, so wow. every, time, yeah, every time I see uh, Mr. Biden, that's what I think of. He, uh, speaking of that, before we sort of jump into anything else, I saw a commercial, a Biden commercial. Some of this, this bull pucky that's going down in, in these ads. Uh, and this said, here I wrote it down as a quote, when Joe Biden wants an update on the coronavirus, he calls on the nation's top experts. Well, duh. Who are, who are then these imposters that have been trotted out since last January? They're supposed to be the nation's top experts. So it is certainly no daring and novel <laughs> idea to call on the nation's top experts. So I mean, it, it's in other words, what he's saying is, if he's elected, I mean, this in this regard, nothing's going to change because what 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 are they going to do that's not being done? Right. So, yeah. but th- but they come out with this stuff, and people are will buy it, and it's like this great cloud, this great miasma of anger out there and the democrats have learned to weaponize it the uh republicans haven't figured that out quite yet i'm sure they'll get around to it but you know the cloud that we have now the internet whatever it it absorbs all this information we got a similar cloud i think of anger and hate going on and and it's uh it's 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 a virulent infection it's like the virus the viral smoke screen that we talked the about. Smoke screen, yeah. So where this goes, I do not know. Uh, the uh, oh, you had a story this morning. You were telling me about that. Dan Alexander, our great newsman, is writing. I don't know if he's posted it yet or not. But this was in Morris County, wasn't it? They they have found some real problems with this voting. 
Yeah, the uh, Morris County Clerk's Office, um, they have received over 2,000 calls over this past Columbus Day weekend inquiring about election, just general election questions, because people are very confused. Uh, there been very, there's been several instances of uh, problems with the ballots, technical issues, and the Morris County Clerk basically just said, hey, Hold on now. Please go to the website and try to get the information there. We are just swamped with calls. We can't answer all of these phone calls. I mean, imagine 2,000 phone calls of people who have called the clerk's office just completely confused and baffled. Well, it's understandable. Uh, you know, I was thinking this morning, I have my mail-in ballot that was sent, like all registered voters get. And at first, I, I thought, no, I'm not going to do this. I will go in person. But then on the second thought, I think I may go ahead and do it and mail it in because then after the election, I can always claim that I was a victim of fraud. Right. <laughs> like everybody else will probably be claiming. But have you seen some of the stuff? Now, I think we mentioned last week the mailman in West Orange who right. had dumped uh, 1,900 pieces of mail. 1,000 of them were mail in votes. Yeah. Now, you tell me the system is foolproof? Now, here's another case, and I don't uh, didn't write it down at the time, but I'm sure people have seen this, and perhaps you did. Uh, as of yesterday, there was a mailman who had dumped thousands of pieces of mail, put them in uh, he's, uh, the person who found them in a dumpster and called police, said that they were just wrapped with uh, rubber bands you know, and all this pile. And uh, a thousand of those or more were ballots, mail-in ballots. And so what happened? He gets suspended. And I understand he's being defended by the Postal Workers Union, which is probably a procedural thing. But now this is two examples. Multiply that by the other possibilities. How many dump ballots have not been found? Or how many are going to turn up later? Uh, like in Pennsylvania, what was it? 40,000, I believe it was, ballots? had disappeared during the primary. And of course, later somebody found out that, but it was too late to do anything about it. Have you seen pictures of this chaos in Houston? No. They have, it was ruled by the governor, who I think is a Republican. So everybody's trying to get into the act that every county in Texas can have only one mobile drop-off box. This is for people, I guess, who don't trust the U.S. mail who want to directly deposit their, their ballot. One box. Hmm. And Houston has a population, I think, of 4 million. It's the third largest city in the country. The county has like 6 million people. Half, let's say that half of them, let's say a third of them vote. Right. Then, and one box to put it in. And they had picture this overhead view of cars lined up back and forth, back and forth. Uh, to, just to try to drop off the ballot. I mean, it's absolute craziness going on here. Right. So what's well, happening, what's, what's, uh, what I think is happening uh, is, again, uh, 20 days before the election, the tide is rolling in, but it's rolling a whole lot of fraud and trash in. And right now, at this moment, either party has grounds to bring up the, uh, the notion of we was robbed. Right now, it's impossible to me. It's impossible yeah. to envision that after the Tuesday, the election, twenty days from today, somebody is going to win with the information uh, and the materials available, 
And everybody is going to sit back and say, oh, well, uh, Vox Populi, Vox Dei, the voice of the people is the voice of God. So we'll all stand down and support the new president. That is extremely unlikely to happen. This thing is going to drag on and drag on. I would not be shocked, I guess is my final thought on the subject. I will not be shocked if by even Christmas, but by January and February, we are not in the state of martial law. Hmm. I think it's a real possibility because if some reason or other, the left, which seems to have weaponized the hatred of people, many of whom are violent, they're not going to stop if they lose. Or maybe not even if they win. They're not getting what they want fast enough. So we're in for a rough ride. We're in now, for a rough Now, as far as getting your ballots back into to, to mail it in, I've heard this theory. I don't know if you've heard it or not, that if you put a stamp. Now, all these ballots are, are postage paid. So you theoretically do not have to pay to have the thing mailed back. But I've heard that if you put a stamp on the um, on the ballot before you put it in the mailbox, that it, it is handled differently, like a first-class letter, as opposed to a bulk piece of mail. Have you heard any of that? Um, no, I haven't, because I really haven't uh, gotten that keenly into the, the matter, the, uh, what, the, the logistics of pla- casting a vote. Yeah. What, now, how are you going to return your ballot? I have no idea. I haven't given it any thought. Okay. Uh, you take it down to the local people and sort of give it to them in an enema, I guess, is the only safe way that you can. Right. To <laughs> know that they got it. Polling or to your town hall prior to the election, I guess. Yeah. Well, the they, they'll have a polling place. They have to have a polling place somewhere. Day uh, I probably, probably drop it off in the mail because I think it would be a good experience. I mean, I have one vote out of all these millions. I think it would kind of be a good experience to have felt that I was a part of the process that actually went on. Yeah. Good or bad. It would be delighted. I'd be delighted to know that my vote did get counted and everything went well. It's just that I cannot see it with the spirit that is upon the land right now. You talk about this this hatred that we see, and we'll get to the the nomination of the Supreme Court justice. Before we we move on with the election, uh, I just want to give a quick uh, uh, plug for Eric Scott's uh, town hall tonight. Uh, All the election questions that you may have, Eric's going to address that. He's scheduled to have the New Jersey Secretary of State as one of the many guests that he'll have live on the air at New Jersey 101.5 tonight at 7 o'clock. You can catch it here on Facebook and also on nj1015.com and all of our apps. That's a live show tonight with Eric Scott, town hall on the elections tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay, I guess my, my final parting word is, it's a question that uh, I think many of us are considering. Can Americans stand down from this orgy of hatred and anger that has been whipped up? And after the election, can we actually accept the results and go peacefully on, you know, loving thy neighbor and into the future? I would think absolutely no possible way. It's just, it's just gone too far right now. And at some point, the federal government may have to jump into the fray. Okay. Uh, Oh, you know, you talked about hatred. I I thought of a line. uh, It was, uh, oh, my gosh, the great botanist. uh, (laughs) The name is escaping me. I'll have to do this later. But no, 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 no. Uh, Anyway, uh, who who was the the, the great botanist who came up with hybridization? It was in California. Uh, 
Oh, God. for heaven's sake, for heaven's sake, heavenly, somebody help me. Well, anyway, I'll get to it. But what he said was that the day would surely come when anyone who harbored hate against another person would be dealt with as severely as a barn burner or a well poisoner. Obviously, we have not gotten to that point right now. Luther Burbank. Okay, there you go. Thank you, little thing in the back of my head that sort of kicked that point. Luther Burbank uh, said that. Now, okay, so uh, which way? We come to a fork in the road here. You want to do the Flemington mayor or do you want to do the uh, Supreme Court nominee? <laughs> uh, let's, let's do the Flemington mayor because uh, let's yeah. go with the most disgusting um, sure. comments we've heard this week from uh, an elected official. I mean, just to, you know, we've been following the story here about how vulgar this Flemington mayor has come out against Trump supporters. I mean, just basically just telling him to do something that's just anatom anatomically impossible, right? Well, in some form is anatomically impossible, but let, let us consider another view of this. Now, she, the, the mayor of Flemington, what she did say, and this, this was in an online post, I believe. It wasn't a public event. Yeah. A private Facebook. He said that anybody who uh, was going to vote for Trump could go uh, have yeah. biblical knowledge of themselves. With themselves, yes. To put it another way. Right. Uh, so, you know, I thought of me, well, you know, in a sense, you think, that, well, this is a pretty uh, <laughs> disgusting thing, as you have put it. But what if she actually is trying to do something kind of people? By pointing out to them a particular action that uh, would make them happy, give them some pleasure. Hmm. And uh, from firsthand experience, perhaps, I, you know, perhaps, I don't know. There was a great story. I, I've got to do this. I may have mentioned it before. Back during the 60s, the U.S. Supreme Court was considering uh, pornography, which all of a sudden had broken out, just burst out all over the place. And they were considering uh, the various laws and uh, that had been introduced, controlling it and allowing it. And so the members of the Supreme Court had to sit one morning and watch samples of the pornography. There was a justice at the time named Lou, uh, Douglas, William O. Douglas, who was quite a character. And he had a superb wit. And he was, as I said, he was quite unusual. This is a man who was probably in his 70s. And he had married his 20-year-old secretary, I think, and they were enormously happy. To, so, But anyway, he, he had something of an unorthodox view of the world and life. But after the justices had watched the pornographic material, they were walking out. And one of the justices said to Justice Douglas, I can't believe this is going on. And Douglas says, well, this is, you know, sort of always this sort of thing going on. And the other justice says, you know, when I was a child, a boy, I never touched myself in an inappropriate manner. Douglas looked at him with amazement and says, my God, man, did you ever miss a good thing? <laughs> so maybe maybe this was the spirit in which. But I, but I think really seriously, uh, this the mayor, the, the woman, the mayor, she has certainly, in my view, she has a right under the First Amendment to say that if she wants. Right. So I can't quarrel with that. Uh, and so I think what we should do is just take it as a lesson of people in their or her constituents as a as a an indication of character. 
or the indication of the lack of it, because it was completely unnecessary to go that far. On the other hand, it does show how people who might be very capable, very reasonable under normal circumstances have just gone mad yeah. with anger. So uh, now there, there is, I think, it was some of the some of the people there are calling for her to resign. Right. I don't think she should resign over that. Again, you, it, it's a First Amendment thing. If I don't give her the right to do that, then perhaps I have to sit back and uh, accept my right to not say things and, you know, some of the uh, the restrictions on free speech that are going on right now. And one would presume with a, with a comment like that, that she doesn't have to worry about re-election this year. I don't know when her term is. Yeah. <laughs> I would presume it's not this year because she would not take a risk like that of alienating uh, a good part but, of the well, Okay, no, 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 but, but here's the thing. Perhaps she will actually get support because of that. This is how alienated we've become. There's certainly there are Flemington, let us say, is an average place with average American citizens there, good average salt of the earth Americans. What's the percentage of them who are just as filled with anger as she is and would probably support her because she did that? Right. According to the polls, there's more of them than those who take a little issue with it. So there you are. And while we're uh, jumping around New Jersey topics, the COVID uh, updates here in New Jersey, uh, COVID to me equals confusion because I think the mixed messages are just running rampant now. The latest issue is the uh, Halloween, the trick-or-treating. Now, the governor says it's okay for kids to go out trick-or-treating statewide, leaving it to the towns. However, many towns have opted to cancel trick-or-treating in their districts. Um, what's right? What's wrong? The World Health Organization has just flipped their uh, uh, guidance. They're saying that lockdowns may not be the, the the best thing. So, I mean, I'm just completely confused. I mean, I'm wearing a mask because of my my uh, my my health issues, but I just don't know what the right thing to do. The well, the the, the wearing of a mask now, I, I think it's still limited to people who are coming into contact with other people. Uh, I see people out walking the dog who are wearing a mask. This is fine. Right. People going from a hospital. We live on a, a path where people from a hospital pass by on the way to their, their one of their parking facilities. And I notice a lot of us still wearing a mask. This is good. But I don't think it's that necessary. As far as Halloween is concerned, I, I would be in favor of canceling the trick-or-treating. What's the point? Hmm. There's no great advantage in it if you want your child to load up on candy just go out and buy candy and give it to them but i, I think the business of, of parading with costumes is fun but it would seem that under the circumstances there is a risk there's no doubt about it you don't know what the person who's putting the little piece of candy in the in the bag or the little pumpkin you don't know what they are transmitting you have absolutely no idea so what is the point in asking for trouble Right. Good point. So um, and also, did you see the uh, did you see the story uh, Dan wrote about the Rutgers Faculty Council recommending that professors do not assign any major papers or any major assignments that are due election week because of the tumultuous nature of the election and uh, causing undue stress on students? Oh, poor little hothouse flowers. <laughs> 
They, <laughs> this this would violate their safe space, no doubt. <laughs> yes. Oh, for goodness sake. There, there was, you know, speaking of, of education, there was a story I did see this morning uh, on the website. This was a student in a high school, I think it was, who was not allowed to participate in the virtual class because apparently he had a, a, a Trump campaign banner or something behind him. And so he was told to remove it by the, by the teacher, and he didn't, and now they're going through the business of constitutional rights and the like. Uh, but here's a class, a virtual class. It, it, it would say, I, I take the teacher's side in this one. I, did you see that story, Bob? No. Well, you, you will. I, 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 uh, and the, the teacher still uh, does not want to you know, let him back with that. Uh, the, uh, with the principal, I think, even agreed with the parents that the, print, that the teacher was wrong. I think the teacher was right. This is supposed to be a classroom. We're learning. This is not an election campaign issue or event going on here. Why let anybody come up with this political advertising or any other, what, partisan material in a, a class for kids when, when everybody has to sit there and look at it? Yeah. So, uh, but uh, uh, such is the world, such is the world. And the other big things this week, of course, uh, the Supreme Court nominee, uh, Judge Barrett. Uh, that's been a spectacle, if you could... No, to, to understate the situation. You have watched that, and I did not. I did not watch it on purpose. I tell you the truth, and I guess this is a, a weakness of sort. I can't watch this stuff without getting actually literally sick to my stomach. There is so much idiocy and craziness. It's, got, it's, 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 it's just magnifying the absolute absurdity of what's going on. I watched... Uh, I happened to go by when somebody else was watching, and and a couple of things I saw. One was a here was the lady sitting there, the nominee. This is what Barrett, Judge Barrett. And, and here was, and I don't know who it was, but another thing it said R, so I guess it was a Republican. Right. He's just making a speech. It has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on. There's no question there. He just, and he went on and on and on. Yeah, those are the opening statements. Each senator got up to 30 minutes to make an opening speech, which took like the first day, almost well, 11 hours. Yeah. Well, this shows what they're there for. They, they have these hearings to get their 15 minutes or, or in that case, a half hour of fame. That's it. They're, they're not playing for the issue at hand. They're playing for their constituents at home or simply to get a lot of TV face time. And, and boy, this is bonanza because of the scope of this particular issue. Also, one, two times, just by total coincidence, I happened to walk by, and who was on there, for goodness sake, except our beloved New Jersey Senator Fart or, or, uh, uh, Spartacus. Spartacus, yes. Spartacus. This is our senator who has declared that he's going to be the Moses delivering the people from the oppression uh, and, and under the guise of Spartacus. Anyway. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's the first time I saw him. And I, this may have been in what you said was given the uh, the half hour of free election campaigning they're given. The first time he was working himself and he, I would swear he was almost in tears. I don't know if he actually got there or not, because I had to leave. I uh, couldn't stay around and watch it. Uh, and over the fact that these poor people, when this justice was put on the Supreme Court, 
And she does away with Obamacare, which is a statement of a fact that cannot is not there. No such thing. But and, and all of these poor people are going to be without medical care. And he's almost in tears. Well, I wanted to say, OK, for Spartacus, where are your tears for the 800,000 kids, babies who were massacred last year in this country? Mm, where, yeah. are your, where, where are your tears for them? Yeah. There were 800,000 or thereabouts abortions take place every year. Obviously, some of medical necessity and other necessity, but some almost shared just for the hell of it. Right. Because somehow this seems to be the new national sport. But nobody's crying over that. Yeah. Uh, certainly nobody that we've seen in these hearings. And yet he's, he's going to make up a big story about the cancellation. The next time, by total coincidence, I walked by, and this must have been during the question period. If I'm not mistaken, and I think I heard him correctly. He stated as a matter of fact, not as a question, that the war on drugs was actually a war on black people. Well, that would come as quite a shock to El Chapo, I would think, mm. or uh, Pablo uh, Escobar, uh, to find out that... <laughs> One of whom is dead in the war on drugs and the other one's in jail for him for life, pretty much. But that uh, it, it, they're campaigning. They're taking advantage of this to campaign. But also they are probably going to push and push and push until this judge nominee, who seems to be a superbly qualified person, until oh. she does something. It could be a minuscule minor gaffe. Then the media is going to jump in and you see dog pile on the rabbit like you've never seen before. She almost did. I just noticed recently this morning uh, she's being criticized because she used the phrase uh, sexual orientation, which everybody did and does. I had no idea. But now that is a forbidden. That's one of the banned expressions uh, because she used that because that is offensive to the what festive community or lobby. Uh, I'll tell you, Jim, just watching it on and off. I wasn't there glued for the last three days, but watching it off and on, I got enough to know that you know, Judge Barrett is an exceptional uh, candidate for the position. Yeah. She is overly qualified for this. Um, and if you really are tuned into what is she saying and how she's handling herself, she gave everybody a master class in civics. I mean, and she really took a lot of these amateur legislators and these wannabe attorneys, even if they have their law degree, she really took them to task because and she really just shamed them for, for being ignorant. Um, they all tried to bait her into opinion, which is not what a, a justice or a judge does. They never tip their hand. She even referred to Ruth Bader Ginsburg as she never would tip her hand. Uh, in the in the um, in the in the uh, thoughts of uh, fairness, um, and she even threw it back at them a couple of times, Jim, in their commentary. She says, "That's not my responsibility. That's your job as a legislator to straighten out a certain situation before it comes to the courts. I shouldn't have to make a comment on that." So, I mean, just overly impressed with her. I mean, well, and I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. That's it. I'm just completely impressed with her and. You know, the 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 um, the process should have been done, you know, like in a day and a half should have been done by now. The debate should yeah. be. The, the, the what's happening here is that the Democrats 
the Democratic leadership, the Democratic Party, cannot afford to have her or anyone of like constitutionalist leanings on the Supreme Court and carry out their agenda. It can't ha- it will not happen because part of their agenda has to be stacking the court, getting their the majority on the court. Then they can tamper with the Constitution. They can change the Constitution or have it done anyway because they got their, their toadies uh, shilling for them on the court. If she gets on the court, and we and we found out this court, even though these uh, you have justices appointed by Trump, who are supposed to be conservative, have not really voted that way. Right. Certainly not, not dramatically. They have come back and, and uh, generally supported some of the more liberal decisions. Right. Contrary but, to popular opinion, that uh, these these justices are not somebody's toady. They're uh, you know they're they're independent and they're there. And they're they're supposed to be, and they're displaying themselves as a, a sage um, constitutionalist that are going to uphold the laws of yeah. our country. Well, this is what they're supposed to do. However, if this court is constituted by constitutionalists, people who go strictly by the Constitution, the Democrats are going to have their agenda dead for at least four years until there's, I guess, more Supreme Court appointments, which would be more than that. Right. Because some of the new appointees are relatively young people. So this is the battle that's going on. In order, in order to institute the socialist left agenda, they are going to have to have control of the body that rules on the constitutionality of their issues. And if they don't have that, then their issues are dead. So uh, this is, is, is tremendously important. They're not going to let up. Right. Sooner or later, they'll get into character assassination. I think they've not gotten too deep into that because of the, the thing yeah. that here is they're a nice, quiet uh, lady. Yeah. Uh, so, and they're a little bit afraid to offend the women. Right. Uh, but sooner or later, they're going to start coming up with stuff. And it may be total damn nonsense. But the media is going to play it up. This is the thing. Talk about toadies. Uh, the things that you said, the positive things about this, did you see anybody on CNN or MSNBC or even in major print media saying the same thing as you did? Yeah. Praising her? No, I couldn't see. Yeah. And so, so this, again, I, I think I've mentioned this before, and I'm very curious about this. I would like to know what is there. The... Uh, uh, the Democrats, I think the Biden campaign, there was an announcement I saw just before we started here, had raised this huge, huge amount of money uh, in the past couple of days for the campaign. Now, much of this money is coming from very wealthy sources, obviously, which would be like the uh, the great, the Internet uh, moguls. And the uh, the financial, the Wall Street, the economic crowd, and these, these the, the, in other words, the capitalist elite. Now, the capitalist elite would have more to lose with a socialist government than anybody else you would think. Therefore, why are they supporting true a policies and an ideology that will knock the legs out from under them? Right. I mean, here, if 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 you get into to this, one one of the uh, one of the basics 
of socialism and communism is elimination of private property. Now, what's going to happen now to uh, uh, Bezos, the Sultan of Stuff? Yeah. What's going to happen to his what mile-long yacht that he got? Yeah. <laughs> if it becomes, pro you know, I've, I've got a solution to this too. Uh, yeah. In fact, I'll, I'll wait and get into that next week. I, I'm, I'm, my theory of what's going on here. Uh, Before we wrap here, I just wanted yeah. to get your opinion on the media censorship that's been going on the last couple of days. Now, there's a breaking story that's going to change over the next couple of days with uh, information coming out about uh, uh, Joe Biden's son and his relationship with the Ukrainian company and mm -hmm. how much Joe Biden knew or he didn't knew, know. Emails are coming out. It's a breaking story. So, you know, details are coming out. But the, the initial media censorship online from the newspaper report that Facebook and Twitter would not allow on their platforms because it was unsubstantiated and unconfirmed reporting. I find that completely insulting and just it, I am infuriated by that. And anybody who's uh, in favor of a free press and free expression and your and your your your, you know, your amendment and your your right to free speech should be completely insulting. Um, it's going to well, be very interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, there are several stories out there now of uh, stories or, or postings that are not in keeping with the politically correct, the progressive uh, party line being taken off and taken down. And some of these, you, you wonder what is the point other than this seems to be a sweeping, a clean house of anything that's in opposition to the party line, which makes me wonder why are these same organizations pouring huge amounts of money into the, the socialist campaign? Right. It, and, it's, there's got to be a deal somewhere under the table, and I, <laughs> I can't see it. Yeah. And Jim, it, it continues. I mean, remember several months ago with the COVID breaking out, there were conflicting uh, stories from medical professionals, pr professionals out there on YouTube and other platforms uh, refuting um, the, 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 uh, the, the government or the CDC or whoever's uh, opinion on how to react and take care of the COVID. Um, we're not getting differing opinions. It's being squelched and it's just frightening and everybody should be very, very concerned. So why are these big companies falling in line with this despotism, which is trying to keep any news from the people, any views from the people that are contrary to their own? And they're getting their way doing it. You would think the, the papers especially and the, the, the networks, you would think they'd be howling mad over this sort of thing, but not. They're caught up in this mass almost hysteria of, of, of hatred and anger and nobody can drop out right uh apparently it's sort of a a a, a malicious group think that's going on so but, who knows but it'll be very interesting tonight because since the second debate has been canceled uh th there will be no second debate there'll be a third debate later this month each of the candidates are having their own town halls on their own favorite networks uh, but it'll be very interesting because the network that's hosting Joe Biden tonight says no questions are off limits. So that should be very interesting on how they handle this very, very delicate and controversial topic with his uh, son. It could be very interesting. 
Well, wait a minute. No, no questions from whom? Uh, is this just open to public, supposedly? I'm not sure the uh, the format. It says town hall, so you would presume that there would be some, you know, citizens well, or the, the reporters. I'm not sure exactly what the format. Well, you can bet whatever is precious to you on the fact that these are screened. <laughs> Whoever gets to ask a question is going to be screened. If anybody stands up and asks a, a, a question that pins him in a corner, that person's going to be hustled out of the arena real quick. Well, so, can't, this, can't, this, this is drama. This is showbiz. This, this is not uh, ideological uh, exegesis. Yeah. <laughs> this is showbiz going on right now. Power. And a power play. Power okay. showbiz. Lou, our director, the guy with the power, is going to turn our power off in a couple of seconds. So uh, we're going to wrap here. And uh, less than three weeks to the election, Mr. Gerhardt. Less than three weeks to in my best announcing form, remember, Donald Trump spelled backwards is Delanod Permert. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Have a great week. We'll catch you next Thursday. Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.